God, we just praise your name. Pray that you would be glorified during this time. Speak to our hearts, speak to our minds. May we grow, grow closer to you, even today and even now. In Jesus' name, amen. It's amazing to see children singing, reading scripture, praying. So today I'm going to talk to you from that scripture, Mark 1, 29 to 38. However, I'm going to focus particularly on Mark 1, 35. I will read that now. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So today I'm going to touch on prayer. We don't have time to cover everything, but I'm going to touch on it using this passage. So we see here in the book of Mark, and we see throughout the life of Jesus, that Jesus took time. He set aside a time to do what? To pray. The Greek word here is proskochomai, meaning to pray to God, to make prayer, or to worship. So what was going on in this passage before this and in Jesus' life? He was at the synagogue, then he went to Simon Peter's house. He healed Simon Peter's mother-in-law. It was a Saturday night, the night before the Sabbath, so they wouldn't have been able to travel far. So when the sun went down, what happened? Do we remember what the verse says? What happened when the sun went down? A big crowd came to Jesus. The scripture says the whole town gathered and came to Jesus. And they wanted all sorts of things from him. And he showed up. He was there. He ministered to them. He healed them of diseases. He drove out demons. And then we would hope at soon, at some point, he got some sleep. Then in the morning, what does it says, say he did? He went to a quiet place. Can you picture that? Can you picture a quiet place in your heart and your mind? And just picture Jesus was in a quiet place like that. He was in a quiet place. And what was his purpose? To spend time with his heavenly father. But I mean, Jesus was busy. He ministered for three years. He started the model of the New Testament church for the ages. He ministered to people. He healed diseases. He loved people. He built relationships. He was a savior of the world is the savior of the world. He died on the cross. He had a lot. He was busy. But yet, I'm so encouraged by this scripture that Jesus prioritized prayer. And what's really interesting is that even when he prioritizes prayer, the disciples come and interrupt him. They come and they track him down. And it isn't said, but it's implied, what are you doing out here? We're so busy. But that's just the lifestyle that Jesus led. Can you imagine? It's sun goes down, the whole town shows up to see you wanting stuff from you. You are, Jesus pointed us to the Father. He ministered to people every single day. And yet, Richard Foster in a book called Prayer. I love this. I remember this from going to seminary about 25 years ago. And uh, he says, there was a myriad of demands placed on Jesus, but Jesus was constantly at inner peace and inner rest. Jesus prayed. 
And we see this not in our scripture today. We know this when we, we read the Bible. Jesus prayed. We see Mark 6. He departed to a mountain to pray. Luke 4. He departed and went to a deserted place to pray. Later in Luke, he stayed up all night and prayed. In the book of John, all throughout scripture, Jesus is doing this. And I just want to say right now, I see how we here at Mountain View Church prioritize prayer. There's two new prayer coordinators, and they got together with Eric, and they were talking about what do we want prayer to look like here at Mountain View Church? And so instead of just coming up with it on their own, they decided, let's put together a group of about seven or eight people, and we will have them pray to God a prayer of prayerfully discerning people. Pray to God and say, God, what do you want prayer to look like here at Mountain View Church? What an amazing model. One thing that was said on that team is that prayer is not a task to accomplish, but the goal is intimacy or relationship and one way to help us grow in that is through prayer. And we see this with the disciples. They come to Jesus. I mean, the disciples prayed all sorts of prayers, and it's great when we just pray, you know, as David, we pour out ourselves to the Lord. But it's also neat to see that the disciples went to Jesus, and they said, how do we pray? It's like, God, how do you want me to pray? God, give me the words. God, how do we pray? And then what does Jesus tell them? We know what it is, right? The Lord's Prayer. We all know this. He gave them the Lord's Prayer. And what does the Lord's Prayer begin with? It begins with that intimacy. Our Father, our Heavenly Father, Abba, Daddy. That's what it begins with, is that connection with God. So it's a way to build that intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father. Anyways, before I go on, somebody said to me the other day, but what is prayer? So Billy Graham, I like his definition. He says, prayer is simply talking to God. Simple, relatable. I like another definition too by this lady named Ruth Haley Barton. She wrote a book on spiritual disciplines and she talks about prayer. I find her definition to be very all-encompassing. And she says, quote, simply put, Prayer is all the ways that we communicate with and commune with God. So how do we communicate with God? How do we communicate with each other? We talk, we listen, we've got body language, verbal, nonverbal. We communicate with each other. That's how we are invited to communicate with God. Commune, what does that mean? Well, we can spend time simply being in his presence perhaps with exuberant praise, or perhaps as Jesus wept, like the scripture says, and we simply be with him. So it's all the times and all the ways that we communicate with him and we commune with him. But sometimes it's hard to pray, right? Sometimes it's hard to find the time. Jesus himself was interrupted by the disciples, but he still prioritized it, and he still had a rhythm of prayer throughout his life. And the other thing is, there's so many different ways to pray. And that's exciting and it's good, but I know a pastor, he has 49 different ways to pray, 49 different prayer models written down. And we can look at scripture and we can see various ways to pray. The Lord's Prayer, how David prayed, as I mentioned, how Jesus prayed. There's so many different ways. And 
that's exciting, but it could also maybe be a little bit like, where do I start? Or what do I do? Or maybe we've been praying for a long time and we just want what my sermon title is today called A Breath of Fresh Air in Prayer. So I am going to teach us something called breath prayer. So it's a breath of fresh air in prayer. So today we are learning about prayer, a small snippet, because I can't cover everything, obviously. But we are not only going to talk about it, we're going to do it. So are we good with this? We are going to pray together some more as the people of God. We're going to communicate with God and pray with Him during this time. So I'm going to teach us breath prayer. And it's funny because I said to one of the co-workers at Mountain View, I said, I'm going to teach breath prayer during my sermon. And they said, oh, I do breath prayer all the time. And then I was talking to a friend on the phone and I said, I told them what breath prayer was. And they said, oh, I do that every single night. I just didn't know what it was called. So what you're wondering is this breath prayer? Well, it's something that's very simple and we can do it anytime, anywhere. Again, this isn't obviously the only way, there's tons of ways to pray, but this is just one way that we're gonna talk about today in depth. So it's been practiced in the church for a millennia. Christianity today says it's a form of contemplative prayer, quote, linked to the rhythms of breathing. Contemplative prayer is simply prayer that focuses on being with God. And typically contemplative prayer uses few words or no words. So what's the goal of why are we, what's the goal of this breath prayer? Well, there's all sorts of ways to pray, right? We know we pray from our hearts, we pray from our minds. The goal of breath prayer is to simply not be so focused on having the right words to say, but to pray from our hearts, both. Every way to pray is good, hearts and mind, but this is meant to be a simplified way to pray. Actually, Richard Foster calls it the prayer of the heart. And so when, just a little aside here, when I was thinking about learning about this breath prayer, I feel three things stood out to me. Okay, breath prayer. What is it about breath prayer that's, that's really grabbing our attention today? Well, in Genesis 2-7, we know that it says, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So the word here is neshama, which means breath, wind, divine inspiration, and also means spirit. So when I think of breath prayer, I think God breathed his spirit. He breathed life into us. That's how we're made. He breathed his life into us. And so when I think of breath prayer, I can say, God, I choose, breathe your life into me today. Breathe your Holy Spirit into me right now. I choose, God, just be with me and breathe into me as you did when you formed me. So that's one. Number two, It's incredible because God sustains us. He sustains our very breath. It says in Acts 17, 28, for in him we live and we move and we have our being. And then the third point that I was thinking of was God breathed life into us. He sustains our breath and he wants us to give our breath to him, our very breath, every single breath to him. You know, the other day I wasn't feeling very focused and so I was reading about breath prayer and so I decided I'm going to do it. So I did a breath prayer. I was sitting in the office here at the church and I did a breath prayer 
And I breathed in and I breathed out and I prayed. And it was almost as if I had a still small voice. And I felt like the Lord say to me, I'm with you. And that just helped me to feel his presence, to get recentered, to get refocused on him, and to give me the oomph I needed to go and do what I had to do next. It was wonderful. And it took about five minutes. So now we are going to learn the practicalities of breath prayer so we can be prepared to do it today. If you're comfortable, no pressure. So for breath prayer, there's three easy steps. Number one, we focus on God with our hearts and minds like we would for any prayer. Number two, we breathe in and out. And number three, some people say for breath prayer, let it just bubble up from your heart. Other people say use scripture. Today we're going to use scripture. So we're going to use the scripture, be still and know I am God, Psalm 46, 10. So in the Amplified, it's be still, relax, let go, cease striving, and know I am God. So I invite us now to experience breath prayer together and perhaps experience some of that stillness that God wants us to experience and invites us to. If we do, great. If our mind wanders, that's all part of it. It's fine. So I'm going to ask us to all um, just take a deep breath in. I, I've learned breathe from your diaphragm. So just take, just inhale, take a deep breath in slowly and exhale. And we'll do it one more time. Inhale and exhale. So now to get to the breath prayer part, we're going to inhale and say, be still and exhale and say, and know I am God, not out loud in our hearts. So inhale, be still, and exhale, and know I am God. We'll do it three more times. Inhale, be still. Exhale, and know I am God. Inhale, and exhale. Inhale, and exhale. Amen. So that's breath prayer. It's something that somebody said to me the other day, my life is so busy, and I get it, and Jesus' life was busy. I'm imagining we could do this when we're picking up our kids from gymnastics or soccer, swimming lessons, and we have five minutes in the car. Other people say, take longer and do it. Do inhale and exhale 10 times, perhaps. There's no magic number, they just say 10. And then simply just be in God's presence. How we did that today for a few seconds, we were in God's presence. But do that longer and just sit in his presence and see what he might invite you into. So it's something we can do anytime, anywhere. And what I love about breath prayer is that it's a way to help us get to that place where the Bible says pray unceasingly. Well, how are you supposed to pray unceasingly? Well, when I read about breath prayer, the idea is that it becomes as common to us as breathing. So it's like I was driving here today and I thought of it and I'm like, be still and know I'm God. And then I'm driving, be still and know I'm God. So it helps us to get into the rhythm of prayer, like the rhythm of breath, and to ultimately pray unceasingly. Of course, there's all sorts of different ways to pray. But I submit this to you today and I 
ask us, challenge us to do this for the next few weeks. Try it. Pick a scripture, Psalm 46.10, or perhaps, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Whatever resonates with you. And I would love if you want to come up to me and share your experience. My mind wandered. I felt still good, bad, whatever it is. I'd love to hear about it. So I just encourage us to try, have a breath of fresh air, perhaps for some of us, a new way, a new tool to pray and connect with our Heavenly Father. So one thing I just want to share with you is we did the breath prayer. As you know, I, I do kids ministry, right? So we did the breath prayer um, with the SKs to grade five, and it was amazing. So after the breath prayer, I asked for some feedback from the kids. What was that like? So one little boy said that he felt God. Another little boy said that as he was doing the breath prayer, Jesus held his hand. And then another child said, yes, as I was doing this breath prayer, Jesus said, follow me. So it's amazing to see God at work in the lives of all of us here. And God can use this prayer to bring us closer to him. Now, I just want to say that when we talk about stuff like this, some people can get kind of the heebie-jeebies. Um, it's not magical. It's not a meditation of a non-Christian sort. So just want to clarify that. It is based on scripture and it's praying and it reminds us that God breathed life into us. He sustains us by his life. And God, I give you my every breath. So yeah. I, um, as I said, we did it in Kids at Mountain View. And because I have the mic here, I'm going to go on a little bit longer about prayer <clears throat> in general with kids at Mountain View. So I ask you to indulge me as I just share a little bit about what God's doing with the kids. Some of you have heard some of this before, some of you haven't. So <laughs> it's incredible. Like three weeks ago, what I do at the end of the Bible teaching is I invite all the kids to come up and join me. I say, who, who would like to come up and join me and pray? And three weeks ago, this little girl, she's six years old, and she clasped her hand. Remember, she can pray about anything. And she says, God, thank you that I get to be at church today and learn more about you. And I mean, my goodness, my heart just filled with God's love and just filled with the Holy Spirit. She's praying thank you that she gets to be at church and learn more about him. That's incredible. It could have been like, thanks for waffles for breakfast, which also would have been a great prayer. And then um, kids have prayed that a lot. One little girl, another little girl months ago, thank you that I get to be at church and get to know you better. I'm thinking that's it, that's relationship. We get to know God. One way is communicating with him and listening to him and praying with him. So I was like, right on. Of course at Easter, we are all, you know, the kids have an amazing heart. They're saying, God, thanks for dying on the cross for me and for forgiving me of my sins. And I want to share something that happened at camp. Christine Winters, the camp director, and she's doing a, an amazing job reaching out to the children. The kids are praying at camp. One little girl, she's five years old, sitting this high, little, her little blonde hair and her brown eyes filling with tears. And I say to her, are you feeling left out? Because some of the kids were leaving her out. Yes. And she was missing her mom. And she doesn't attend our church. I don't know if she's ever prayed before or what her family's spiritual life is like. But I said, yeah, I sometimes feel left out too. And sometimes I used to miss my mom or still do sometimes too. But God, one thing I know is that God is always with me. And would you like to invite God into your heart? And she says, uh-huh. 
So she drew a heart on her heart and she said, God, be in my heart. And it was just incredible to just say, you can pray to God and remember he's in her heart at any time. And then at Karen Christian School, I went and I visited and one of the little boys, it was amazing to see you guys, kids here who showed us our lunches and your artwork. It was, everything was amazing. And then I just remember this one little boy coming up to me and being like, can you show everyone the prayer thing, that prayer thing we do on Sundays? Can you show all my friends that prayer thing? And it was so awesome to see him so excited about prayer. Another little boy, um, some of you have heard this before, but I'm going to share it really quickly. He was older. He was in grade four. He came to kids at Mountain View, and we were over there in the kids' ministry, and I invited people to come up and pray with me. And he came up, about eight kids, and then I give each child a turn to pray out loud if they want to. And I came to him and I said, would you like to pray? And he said, this is my first time at church. Okay, well, would you like to pray? I don't know how. Well, prayer is simply talking to God. And he prayed to God that day for the first time in his whole life with a leader and with a community of believers. And then one little girl, this is my one of my favorite ones to tell. Well, they're all my favorite, but one little girl prayed and she said, Dear God, please help the cat not put its paws in my mom's coffee. <laughs> so it's amazing. It's just amazing to see the faith of a child. And when I, I tell these stories, just to share a little bit with you about what's going on and also because I'm so passionate about it. But the other thing is for me that I like to reflect on and I encourage all of us too is that Jesus tells us to have the faith of a child and that goes along with praying. Pray with the faith of a child. But when I say that, God doesn't want us to have child, he wants us to have childlike faith, but not immaturity, right? We don't want to be immature or the naivety of a child, but to have the faith of a child and the belief of a child and the wonder and the trust in our Heavenly Father that goes back to the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, knowing that He loves us, He sees us, He hears us, He cares for us. And to just have the faith of a child, like that little girl drew a heart on her heart, felt God, asked God to be with her, and then she went and prayed, played and had the great rest of the day. Now, it's not life I know isn't always that simple, and I understand that. And there's so many hard times, and there's so much going on. But I just encourage us to remember that God invites us to pray to Him and to grow in relationship with Him in the good, the bad, and the ugly. Jesus prayed. He modeled a life of prayer. No matter how busy he was, I'm so encouraged by the fact that he took time to pray. And he did it in a solitary place, but he also did it in community because we need each other. And perhaps you might want to try breath prayer as one other tool of prayer that can be done anytime and anywhere. And feel free to share with each other or come tell me your experience if that's something you would like to do. And let's remember that God loves us so much and he loves it when we talk to him. I was talking to a friend the other day, it was Father's Day, and he said, yeah, my son called me just to say hi. He had nothing big to reveal, but it was just good to hear from him. God loves to hear from us. So to that end, I am going to invite the children to come up and we do this on Sundays and anybody who wants to can come up because the faith of a child is a marvelous thing, and we are gonna pray for you this morning. So come on 
up, guys. Come up. Don't be shy. If you want to, you don't have to. But it would be awesome. I see some coming up. I see some runners. I see some others. Just come on up. They're used to this. We do this every Sunday. Come on up. Just stand beside me. Someone crying? Is everything okay? Carmen, you want to come up? That's okay. Do you want to come up? Anybody else? All right. So we are going to pray. Now, I'm going to do what I do on Sundays. Is this, hello? Is this mic working? And I'm going to ask the children if they want to say anything particular. If they don't, that's fine. And I will end the prayer. Do you want to say anything? Dear God, thank you for a wonderful day. And let this morning have a good day. Amen. All right, guys, can you take your hands and extend it to the congregation like this? We're going to pray over everybody. Okay. okay. God, we thank you so much for who you are. Jesus, thank you for your example that you prayed in the midst of so much going on. But I pray that we would hear that as an invitation and an encouragement because it's hard sometimes to find time to pray and to have a regular rhythm of prayer in our lives. So I pray that you would help us, God, to remember that you invite us into deeper relationship with you and that you love to communicate with us. And that you love to communicate with us. We pray that you would encourage our hearts, that we would remember to you the breath prayer, if in fact that is something that's helpful, and that you would encourage us today and help us to know how much you love us and help us to grow in a childlike faith and wonder in you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. I want to go to God. You want to pray again? Okay, you can pray with your parents later, okay? Oh. All right, thanks, guys.